Hey, everybody. It is March 2nd, 2022. March 2nd already, Dave. How Can't about that? It. How about that? Is that... <laughs> Where's the time? Where's the, I hate when people do that shit. The people that do the, can you believe it's only Thursday? Hey, can you? Can you believe it's March 2nd? Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, because yesterday was March 1st. <laughs> what the hell's it So doing? I've been looking at calendars for a long, long time, and every one of them says the same thing. The day after March 1st will be March 2nd. <laughs> Jesus, so always that guy in the office, though. Yeah, so if you... Uh, are asking if I'm surprised. The answer is probably no. No, don't ever ask if I'm surprised. Uh, what an incredibly yeah. sad couple of days for this show. Uh, our friend Ernie Martinez, who we love, yeah, sends me a text the other day, and he said, hey, did Vera pass away? And I said, well, Ernie, I haven't lived with her for a long time, Jeez. so I... I don't know how you expect me to know that. Yes. And Dave, we did some research. We've gone and we have not been able to get it confirmed. No. But I have reached out to her on social media two different ways. And everybody who has stayed in contact with her a lot said that if you send her a direct message on, on either Instagram or Facebook, she answers it immediately. Yeah. And she has not. And there was a post on her private Facebook page the other day saying, uh, beloved Vera, you will be missed. And uh, it's just insanely, insanely sad for me because I first dealt with her. She was one of the first people that I can remember calling Hank and Kevin's show when I produced that show starting in 1995. Yeah. And she would call from Vista. Hi, Jeff. It's Vera. And I was like, God damn, how old are you? You got to be a thousand. And so she would check in with Hank and Kevin yeah. every couple of months, not a lot. And then you and I got that dopey weekend show starting yeah. in August of 98. Yep. And she would call all the time. And all the time. Every night, every day. Every day. And you, me, Horton, Scrappy Heap. Yep. We loved her. We loved her yeah. immediately. And I was just telling, I was talking to Katie Temple on the drive down here. Yeah. And I was telling her, I accused her of so many different crimes. I think I accused her of living with Kato Kalen. <laughs> I accused her of being in the car with Ray Carruth. Yeah. I accused her just anything going on. And she just would go along with it. Yes. Yes. I was there. We accused her of dating various adult film stars. She agreed to that. That's true. And she was just, and then she would show up. She would show up at appearances. Yeah, like Toyota Vista. Yes. I, Dave, I drove by there yesterday. I was driving to my kid's house and I took the 78 yeah. home. And I was like, God damn, that's where it is. It's yeah. right there. Yeah. Right off of the 78, just east of like El Camino. Yeah. And you and I were out there and it was all the people trying to sing the Mossy Nissan song. Remember that? Yes, that's right. And we made her sing. Yeah. And she sang in a second. Yeah. But I just, anybody who's listened to this show and remembers her and every night when she was done, I just tear up. Hey, Vera. What? Don't say, beat it. <laughs> She'd always beg you not to. Please don't. <laughs> And then 
you know, we would leave and she'd try to call and Wilson or some of these other guys would try to do the bear. It's like, don't steal people's radio bed. Okay, just move on. And they never could quite figure her out. But I, I found a picture. It showed up on my Facebook really? not long ago. And it was you and me. Yeah. Uh, Vera. Yeah. My ex-wife yeah. at Del Mar. And Jake, I think, was there. I think Jake was there. Jake huh? or Rita? No, well, Rita and Jake were there. Yeah. Yeah. And it was from uh, Free FM. Seven, yeah. But I, I just got to tell you, man, she, she had the absolute heart of gold. She loved San Diego sports. As Josh Rosenberg told me yesterday, he said, God damn, did she love you guys? She, she did. She 100% did. And we loved her. Yeah. We absolutely loved her because she was just, the funniest, coolest. She was just great. Oh, I thought she was radio gold. You would get tired of her at times. I thought she was awesome. Like I literally was like, we got to put her on every fucking day. She was. She, she was. Could she could not was send an email to save her life. She couldn't do a lot of things to save her life. She. But, she. Okay. So, it's funny. Is I don't want to say it's funny at all. I literally hope the next show we do, we're apologizing for announcing her death. You know what I I'm saying? I hope so too. Because I reached out to the person that said, you know, Vera, you'll be loved, you'll be missed. And I can't get a response. And that's been days now. Yeah. Vera also writes to me all the time, to my personal email. She has I, since 2002. Yeah. And I used to just go, what the fuck? Kind of like what you were doing in 95. Yeah. Like, this is the last thing I need. And then I'm thinking, here's this old lady. Yeah. Who probably doesn't have a lot of friends. I know yeah. she lives with her mom and dad, which yeah. was amazing to us. Which were great. Because we're like, wait, Vera, if you're 100, how old are how your old mom are and dad? They? Yeah. And Vera wasn't as old as we thought. No. Like, Jeff and I were doing the math and figured she started calling KFMB around age 50. Yeah, like 95. Yeah. Because yeah. she's 76, according to That's now. That's what we saw, yeah. So we're like, what the fuck's the deal with this 50 shit? And so, you know, her dad passed away a few years ago. Yep. And then her mom passed away a little bit before that. So I think it was just her and her brother. But man, she, not only did she love us in sports radio and being involved and the fact people you know started to recognize who she was, but after you and I were off in 2002 with KFMB, she would write to me every day. And every yeah. day I'd write her back. Yeah. And she didn't understand shit. This is what would drive you crazy. She would send an email. And if you don't respond within one minute of her yeah. sending it, whenever the fuck that was, yeah. next five emails were nasty. Yeah, she, she, would, they she would. She would tell you off. Oh, I guess I don't matter. Yeah, why do you yeah. hate me? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, am I going to get a goddamn ra a bunny rabbit in my fucking stove today? What the fuck's happening? <laughs> like, she's going to put it right in the fucking pot. Like, she yeah. got getting clean and close. She was a maniac. Like, she really, it pissed you off. Yeah. I go, Vera, calm down. I didn't know you sent an email. I and got to feel it. bad. Yeah, I apologize. And then again, I'm sorry. Tell Jeff I'm sorry. He doesn't even fucking know. I'm not telling Jeff shit. <laughs> Tell Jeff I'm sorry. Yeah. And then better be. we did this, though. She wrote to me like uh, every day for, God dang, man, uh, 20 years. Yeah. And so all of a sudden around late January, I saw she was sick, said she was going to the hospital, but nothing serious. That's the last we heard. Oh, boy. And so you, <laughs> oh, boy. So. You wonder, okay, like in your head starts going, is it COVID? Is it what? You know, what, what yeah. got her? She wasn't in the best of health to begin with. But um, Such a little twerp. Dude, she was a little twerp. And, I, you know, I, I blame, because I, I know she died with a broken heart. Fucking Alan Horton. Oh, without a question. She loved Alan Horton. Yeah. Knew Alan wasn't married at the time. Nope, he was single, had a yep. car. Yep, single, and she thought ready to mingle. And he, could not understand why Alan would put, not spend time with her. 
and you and I have avoided this, but let's let's just out of our love and respect for Vera. Yeah. He didn't put jack shit into producing that show, and that was his title. Exactly right. He had nothing better to do than than work on his demo reel. Yeah. And because he spent one inning of some spring training B game, told everybody he was the Padres announcer. And all she wanted to do was go to the drive-in. Yeah. yeah. And as you and I have said so many nights, Alan, we'll we'll give you 25 bucks a guy. You got 50 bucks. Take her to the movies, see Beverly Hills yeah. Cop 3, some hot tamales. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, take her to Farrell's. I, I can't tonight, guys. I'm editing. <laughs> editing my Syracuse tapes. Ah, oh, for crying out loud. And, you know, Chachi and the new guy were like, hey, we'll step in. And we're no. like, listen, we appreciate that. But she has eyes for one. One one person. And that's Al Horton. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, listen, we're all proud of his success. But how could she watch you know, his angry call at Ed Malloy and not think about <laughs> and not think about what could have been. I just I don't want Alan to to let it eat him up. No, but I would just I mean he's got a beautiful family. Yeah, now, but that's different. He didn't have it back then. So that was a perfect opportunity. Right. He could have thrown her one, she would have received it gladly. He didn't take it. Very disappointed. Very disappointed. It was obvious. Every day. Can you hook me up with Alan Horton? This is no joke. Uh, yeah. This well, is no joke. We aren't fucking around on this. She loved Alan. One of the few losses this show has. He, We could not. Like when you see those guys and they're trying to get into the coconut. Yeah. And they're just bang, 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 trying to break that shell. But that's Horton. Come on. One night. Can't do it. We needed coach to, to say, hey, maybe I can ne- negotiate it for you. I love Johnny Quintera. There is not a damn chance that coach would have been able to get that accomplished. Oh my goodness. No surrey. Yeah. You know, yeah. Super, super bummed out again, probably the biggest fan of, of this show and many other shows. And because when you and this I stopped show. doing radio, yeah, but I'm just, my point is she was quick to fucking try to make friends with John Schaefer and Rich Ornberger and anybody else. That's the way she was. She was a radio whore. Oh, it's a little harsh. Yeah. Uh, harsh. It's true. Two call she, every show, and I go, Vera, what the fuck? I thought you are only dedicated to this show. Well, you're Calm not down. On. Yeah, that's what she would say. <laughs> well, you know, you're my favorite. You aren't um, on. Uh, Jesus. One time, I think it was about 2009, an envelope shows up. 2007. We're at Free FM. Is the, this what I'm going to say about the, the envelope? The picture? Yes. Yeah, oh, we were at. Rosie was there. No, we were, we were at Free FM. I remember, dude, you were sitting right next to me, and I gave this to you, and you slid it back my way. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't fucking do this during the show. I'm not going to be able to talk for the next two hours. We got a picture, and it was a picture from, like, 1967. You know, like how those yeah. old pictures yeah. look? And the colors are all kind of yeah. washed out. Yeah. And it was like a, a, a Nahide couch, right? Like yeah, that, it was. Like you that. got a good memory. And it was... Because it's seared in your brain. Yeah. <laughs> and it was Alan's... It was Alan's boo and a floral bikini all stretched out east to west yeah. on this thing. Yeah. And I said, what? And I told her, listen to me, you little trollop. You don't start sending this soft porn down here. I work here. You rein it in. And I just remember she called. Yeah. Did you get the picture? Yeah. Yeah, you little alley cat. Yeah, yeah. 
Rain it in. I think she really wanted us to appreciate it. And we then, did. I don't know. We're like, you got she a hell of a rack on you she, for a little thing. She asked for it back. She goes, if I knew you, if I knew you guys were going to act like that, I would have never sent it. Can I have it back? I'm like, no. No, we're it keeping it. It belongs to the show now. Yeah, you're it's our calendar. Getting, you're not getting it back. Where is it? I don't know where it's at. That's a funny thing. It's a guarantee it's one one of us have it. I don't. You either I, have, I probably have it somewhere. Yeah. Probably in my radio shit somewhere. I don't know. God, I'll find it in 20 years. Yeah. But, man, I just tell you, like, every show, like, we, we said Matt Coyle wrote a book a couple of years ago about radio stories. Yeah. And a lot of that book is filled with shit that happened to me of complete maniacs. Yeah. But... For everything that Vera did, she was such a lovable soul and such a sweet person and just so silly and funny. And yeah, like Dave said, she'd get all grouchy if we didn't immediately answer her email. But uh, I got to tell you, Dave, it really, it bothered me the other yeah. day when I heard it because she just was such a part of this show for goddamn 25 years, yeah. man. Like a long time. So, and the, oh God, this, she said one thing to me one time and I hooked on to it. Yeah. And she never told me like, shut up. She was talking to me one time. I feel like this was off the air. I don't know why I would have talked to her. It might've been at one of those events that yeah. she would show up to. And I said, Hey, how's everything going? And she said, well, you know, I live with Dave mentioned it, you know, her parents and her brother and boy, I live with this niece of mine. And I go, oh, how's that? Oh, she's a foul mouth little thing. <laughs> and I said, wow. So I would constantly bring that niece up. And yeah. I would always act like she had said nothing but great things about that niece. And she never picked up on it. I'd say, hey, how's everything, everything going? You and your niece having fun? You guys still going to the movies? Oh, I don't hang out with her. I said, oh, What? I thought everything was so nice. You said she was great. Oh, she's a foul-mouthed little thing. I said, whoa. I said, well, where'd she get that from? She didn't just learn those words on her own. And she'd say, my brother. And I'd say, oh, that makes sense. Damn brother of yours. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, all the, I don't know. Like if I agree with you, Dave. I hope somebody comes to us and said, ah, yeah, she's down in Cancun. No shit. Water skiing, or or she's at the new uh, fire festival or doing something like that. She's out at Burning Man. I'd be stoked, uh, and I'd apologize again to her for Alan Horton's lack of compassion. How great would it be if she just fell off the map because she was like with like Kevin from La Mesa or something? Right, <laughs> like she had a hookup. Yeah, hooked up. Just, just guys, I was in Portland, Oregon, looking for Brian Heat. Portland, Oregon. <laughs> in a van. I got all the way to Portland after taking a bus. Didn't realize Brian did have a family and did have kids. Yeah. Shit. I mended fences with my niece and we're traveling the world. We're going to write a blog about it. Hey. Outstanding. But yeah, just the. Uh, you know what I always wondered also? I mean, this is, I don't know if it's good to say, bad to say. I always wonder what was going to happen to Vera if everybody in her life did pass away before her. Like, who was going to take care of Vera? Yeah. Seriously. Like, what happens to Vera? I don't know. It was a sweet little thing, man. Sweet little thing. So I, I just have a feeling a lot of you 
uh, probably a remember her. Yeah, of course. But I also think just because the way a lot of shows, but this show is really fun. Yeah, a lot of you have interacted together, and I'm, I know Pete. I know Pete interacted with her throughout the years. Yeah. So yeah, just uh, unfortunately, it feels like uh, we may have lost our friend. So Godspeed to Vera, man. What a what an absolute yeah absolute treasure. See, I thought that was genuine right there. That was that was about six, 16, 17 minutes right there, talking about someone that meant a lot to this show. She did. So I'm thinking in my mind, anyone else that listens to this show that's kind of family to us, if they pass away while we're still doing the show, was that good enough for you, or are you guys a little scared that we're going to roast the fuck out of you? Well, Because Pete and Coronado, oh, you might take a beating. He's an absolute legend. <laughs> absolute legend. <laughs> Beautiful. He just keeps going to Ducks games. Yeah. They won the other night with yeah, him and his daughter. They I saw beat that. the Bruins. I'm, ha- I'm was proud of him. He broke the curse. He probably something went his way. Dave, what do you feel right now if you're Pete Seidler and you see what happened yesterday with baseball? Okay. So you and I were obviously, everyone's talking a little bit about this. I think you and I look at it a little bit different. It amazes me how many people, as I said to you a couple days ago, like are really all in on one side or the other, whether yeah. it's an owner's side or player side, which I think is ridiculous. We all know something that's going to happen. You guys can think it all you want. We we love baseball. If you listen mm-hmm. to the show, we love baseball. You live in San Diego and you're a sports fan. Obviously, you're a baseball fan. It's unique that we have a city this size that has one pro team, happens to be a baseball team. Also happens to have maybe the, the most exciting star in the game on that team and Fernando Tatis Jr. The people that are going to pay the price in the long run, I understand what the owners are doing. There are a lot of owners that maybe aren't making as much money as they thought they'd make being an owner. And I do believe, by the way, when you're an owner... You're the one that took the gamble, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about opening businesses and being a business owner and how tough it is that you should make the most amount of money. When you're hearing that owners who are making maybe $6 million a year, whether that's truthful or not, it sounds ridiculous that an owner would make $6 million and Max Scherzer is making $50 million, right? right? That on Max, the days Max Scherzer is not pitching, he's still making $200,000 a day. Yeah. So you sit there and go, well, none of this makes sense. But understand, us as sports fans, we don't look at it and care that much. What we care about are wins and losses, and is this the year for our team? Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about during spring training. Even Pirate fans are trying to look at things, why they might have a chance this year. So that being said, we move forward. You're going to pay the price, Jeff. I'm going to pay the price. Erica is going to pay the price. Everyone that goes to these Padre games, it's all going to be shipped down to you. Mm-hmm. You're really going to pay the price. The players are going to always end up with a lot of money. I have no problem with the players earning money. You know how many people can play Major League Baseball that have played Little League Baseball? Yeah, right. You know how hard it is to become a Major League Baseball player? If you're one of the, the rare few people that can become a pro doing that, good for you. Make as much as you want. Owners, I understand what you're doing. Good for you. But it's all going to come down to us. Because here you are, look at you across the table right now with two boys that are sports fans that you're trying to create as many memories as you can with your boys so they graduate high school and go to cool things, whether it's a hockey game or a Major League Baseball game. And you're going to go, hey, I want to go while I have time and my kids still want to spend time with me. Yeah. Well, every time Jeff goes to a Padre game, it's going to run Jeff somewhere between $300 and $500. Not quite that high, but a lot. Well, it depends where you sit. Because yeah. your kids are to the point where, hey, sitting at the top is not going to be big. Yeah. They're, they're going to want good seats now. You know, they're going to go, come on, let's, let's do this. And you're yeah, it's gonna, at and least 300 And you're going to go in your mind, well, fuck it. I'm going to pay for it because yeah. how many more of these days do I have left before my kids, you know, either spend time with their friends at these games or go off to college and I can't get these days back. And you're going to want to do the best you can to be create great memories. So Jeff's going to pay the price. I can sit there and go, honestly, as a huge baseball fan, 
I can go to three games a year and go, that's good enough for me because I have an MLB package, which I will pay for, and watch every game. I'll never yeah. miss a game. I watch every Padre game, every Dodger game. Never miss one. But I don't have kids Jeff's age that want to go to the games. The people that, that right now are understand, the people we went to the theater with, they're their sons. They're going to want to go to the game. Yeah. You want to see Fernando Tatis Jr. He's a freak. Maybe you have Michael Jordan in your town of your sport. You want to see it in person. And you're going to pay the price. And it sucks because everyone right now feels like they're paying the price, right? When you look at the price of houses, when you look at the rates, when you look at the price of gas, everything is going up. Price of food, everything goes up. So here we are without baseball. We already know that we're missing the first two weeks, which you and I said on the air was going to happen. And everyone's freaking out. Well, fuck, figure it out. Well, look at this. Baseball Prospectus put this out tonight, Dave. And if you want to figure out where it goes, here are the teams with the largest payroll decrease from 2019 to 2021. Cleveland has cut payroll 68%. In 2019, their payroll was $151 million. Tonight, it's $49 million. Miami cuts by 57%. It's one of the reasons Derek Jeter said he left. Yep. They went from 74, basically 75 million to 32. Baltimore, 50%, from 83 million to 42. Seattle, 50%, 127 million in 2019 to 64 million tonight. Texas, 47%, 104 million to 55. Now, as baseball. So pres- Texas right now is at what? 55? Uh, 55 million. That's interesting. Two years ago, they were 104. Is, is that what it would have been in? Okay, so that's what it was in 2021. 2021. Because okay. they have gone out and spent money on Simeon and Seager. Uh, true. Uh, so this is what Baseball Prospectus writes. We're not taking, uh, not talking small decreases here. These teams slash payroll. If payroll drives what teams charge, we should expect the cost of attending each of these teams' games to have declined. However, they didn't. The average ticket price, as calculated... By team marketing report in Seattle, Dave fell from thirty-seven dollars seventy-seven cents to thirty-five dollars and twenty-two cents. Remember, they're a team that cut payroll yeah. by fifty percent from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty-one. Baltimore, who cut payroll from eighty-three million to forty-two, dropped tickets by forty-three cents a ticket. Every other team, uh, which would be Cleveland, Miami, and Texas have raised prices despite player payroll plunging by about half or more. Yeah. It's brutal, man. But but again, I circle back to what I said was, what if you're Pete Seidler tonight? Yeah. What are you thinking? Because you're here in San Diego. Max Scherzer pointed you out and said, if anybody should look at baseball right now, and you should look at the San Diego Padres. Because they have gone out with committed ownership and spent money to try to put a winning team on the field and had more money committed last year than the Yankees had. Yep. But I just look at a guy that has done so much, uh, and I guess we could give some credit to Ron Fowler as well, but really Pete Seidler has been the guy in the last couple of years that continues to raise the bar and raise the bar and raise the bar. If you're sitting there tonight and you're looking at the struggles of teams like Texas and Tampa and Pittsburgh and the other teams that we just mentioned, and you go, man, I just got to get this team on the field, right? I mean, I just lost seven games, and I'm about to lose 10 more. Got to be insanely frustrating. Here's where, to me, if I was Seidler, this is the, the one guy that sticks out in my mind that I'm thinking the most about is Manny Machado. 
And the yeah. reason I say that is, you know, obviously it's not like we just jump on the field and everything is good. Manny Machado now is 30 years old. Mm-hmm. So if your prime is 28 to 30, so every year considering his age now, you're supposed to be declining. So whether it's Manny Machado that you're paying $300 million to or Mookie Betts or the Dodgers are doing, anyone else, you're sitting there going, I'm paying a lot of money for someone who is getting older by the day. And are we going to miss an entire season as yeah. people rumor that you're going to miss you're going to miss Manny Machado's 30th year? Yeah. You're going, holy fuck, now he's a year older next year. And you're going, I invested for a chance to make a run at a World Series. This isn't good. And what does that mean for potential free agents? What, is Clevenger coming back the next year? Yeah. So a bunch of things happen in your mind. So if I'm Sidler, I'm in one of those guys' seats where I'm freaking out. I'm, I'm kind of freaking out going, I need to get on the field with these guys. I need to do the best I can to make a run at a World Series because Tatis is, I don't care how young he is, he looks like a prime player. Mm-hmm. Machado is is a prime player in, in his age where he's going to be his best. Clevenger's coming back healthy. If I'm the Padres, I'm in a hurry to get on the field. If I'm the Pittsburgh Pirates, I'm not in a hurry. You know, there, there, there's a difference, right? Yeah. The Pirates have a major problem, and you're going to hear the Pirates' name a lot, I think, in the next couple of weeks. The, pro, the Major League Baseball literally needs to make them sell that team because people yeah. literally do not go to Pirates games because they hate the owner. Yeah. You got you to gotta change ownership. You have no chance of winning in a great sports city with the Pirates. No, no one's going to the games, and they have no chance of, of winning games. It'll never happen because it would impact too many jobs. But really, if I'm baseball, I, I would start looking at it and say, we shouldn't look at getting rid of a few of these teams. We should look at getting rid of the goddamn Oakland A's. We should look at getting rid of Pittsburgh. We should look at getting rid of Tampa and a handful of these teams that are not going to change anything over the Wait, next... Wait, you would 10- get rid of Tampa? What, for me, move Tampa or get rid of the franchise? Uh, well, that's fine. Maybe I mean, that's because, the better part. Then move them. Okay, yeah. I'd, I'd say you try out some cities that maybe deserve an opportunity. Nashville, Vegas, right? Charlotte. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, there you go. That's fine. Yeah, get them out of those cities. Yeah, because the Rays are a team that would win the World Series next year, and nobody would be surprised. Even better. Yeah, your idea is even better. Take those teams and get them out of those cities because nothing's going to happen if they're not making the money. Yeah. Too bad. Oh, you know, we have 50 years of tradition. Well, you had 55 years of NFL tradition here, <laughs> and life's moved on pretty nice with the Seals games. Yeah. Right? Nobody ever looks back and says, hey, we need the NFL because goddamn Abbotsford is in here tonight taking on the Gulls, and me and 3,500 of my buddies are going down there. No, but you got to do something, Dave. If, if I'm Pete Seidler, I can't put up with, with these guys – Holding us back. Yeah. Why are we doing this? Not like those guys are 80 years. Yeah. Take those teams and get them out of there. And move them to cities where, where they would flourish. Because You're right. Once you move them to another city, people are in. Move they're, the A's they're to Vegas. Excited. Tampa goes to uh, Nashville. Yeah. Where are we moving Pittsburgh? See, Pittsburgh, I, 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 it's tough to say you're going to get rid of the Pirates, isn't it? Nope. <laughs> I just did it. <laughs> I think if you change ownership... Yeah, and I think it's a lot easier to say, dude, we got to push you out. I mean, the, the fan base has made it clear they hate your guts. I mean, it's worse in Pittsburgh than when the Dodgers hated McCourt. All right, then along those lines, maybe it goes back to, and I don't, I mean, I don't know that he was here long enough, yeah. but if Jeff Morad had been here longer, then maybe Jeff Morad becomes yeah. what they're going through in Pittsburgh. That's what I think. And San Diego got reborn with Pete Seidler. Yeah, exactly right. Well, then something has to happen for proactive to to change the culture in these cities. Yeah. 
Because you cannot put up with this bullshit of teams having a $35 million payroll. Have you ever been to Pittsburgh? I've never been. No. Okay, but uh, from the outside looking in, we know Steeler fans are insane, right? We also know that Penguin fans, when the Penguins were struggling and they were able to get back on their feet, that their fans are pretty damn good too. Yeah. It helps having superstars. I understand. Yeah. Having Sidney Crosby helps a lot. Yeah. For the Pirates, it just seems like, in my mind, that seems like a historic franchise to say we're going to take them out of a city that seems like a pretty good sports city. We'll figure it out. Are they going to be gone? <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck we it. moved the Baltimore Colts. Yeah, we did. And the Colts were as historic as anybody. Johnny U, Burt yeah. Jones. You ever see the movie Diner? Did what, you? Wouldn't marry, marry that girl that she do Colts trivia. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, man. Light a fire under these guys. Yeah. Do something. Because they're they're holding everybody else up. Are you are you freaking out a little bit as a sports fan, as a Padre fan, especially of going, fuck, man, I got to get my team on the field. I, I feel so bad for people that, that bought tickets. And I heard Darren today. Darren was saying that um, he had tickets. I don't know if he's a season ticket holder. But he was saying that the email from Pete Seidler yeah. that came today, Darren said he had it in his inbox at 6.30 this morning from Pete um, and the Padres saying, hey, here's our refund policy. That's pretty good. Pretty good, yes. right? I yeah. mean, it's really, 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 really hard for me to look at things and say, um, boy, they're not doing it right. I'm, I'm like, Dave, there, there hasn't been a whole lot of time where you go, oh, yeah, I'm proud to be a Padre fan. But what? What did you just say, asshole? But you can look at them, how, how they've conducted themselves and where we are as a, a fan base I look at it, man. I mean, Padres Twitter gets people all riled up, but I don't yeah, care. I don't either. I, I love those guys. You go, fuck, man, for 30 years, we had to sit there and get kneed in the fucking balls. If Padres Twitter is kicking people in, in their tiny little nuts, fucking unload on them, man. Give it to them. Dude, when they do that shit to, after the... Yeah. Uh, they talk shit after games. God damn. I, yeah. it, I, I, I All that shit makes me laugh so much. I try to follow it. some of the other ones. Padres Twitter is as good as anything in baseball. As far as uh, Twitter. I love Twitter because of the baseball fans. More than any other fan base. Like I don't yeah. see it in other sports. I don't see oh. the Rams are weak at it. Charger fans aren't there. You know what I'm saying? Padres Twitter, they rally. But, but Pete Seidler, I mean, when I look at it, I look at it and I go, okay, what are the things that used to drive me nuts, right? Yeah. Well, it would start with ownership. Well, ownership doesn't drive me nuts anymore. Pete Seidler's cool. Then you say, well, what about the management? All right, probably does some shit that makes you crazy, but fuck, he's still our guy. Pete's committed to him. We're committed to him. Off we go. Bob Melvin. Fuck, man. After watching tiny little Andy Green and the fucking sensei, Jace Tingler, like, dude, you got a legit guy. Yeah. And now you look at it and you go, all right, well, Hosmer's a dipshit, right? But goddamn, there's nobody that I there's no way Hosmer can bug me as much as apparently he bugs everybody in that front office. Yeah. And you go, okay. Well, a lot of times when you looked at guys, we hated them more, and it seemed like the front office loved them. So now you go, well, there's obviously strife between the front office and Hosmer. So how's this gonna play yeah. out? But more importantly, Dave, I look at guys like Cronenworth, I look at Tatis, I look at Machado. And uh, uh, Blake Snell and some of these guys, and you go, fuck, man, it's pretty exciting. And and I want to see what they do next. And and so, I mean, Don and and Mud, 
are, are as good as it gets. So there's a lot of things where you go, yeah, I mean, they went back to brown and gold. They didn't fuck that up the way the fan base wanted it. And you go, uh, yeah, man, there was a lot to be happy about. So that's why I'm just wondering for Pete Seidler. He wants to get on the field. He yeah. wants to get on the field. He's one of those owners that wants this done as quick as possible. And he's I a mid-market guy. And I don't believe all owners want to get on the field. Do you feel he's a mid-market guy? I mean, they went over the luxury tax last year. They're the second highest payroll in baseball. Yeah. See, I don't look at him as a mid-market guy when he goes and gets penalized for going over the luxury tax. No, but I mean, when you look at I mean, at did you, you ever think that was going to happen as a Padre fan? No, Never. Oh, hell no. But we're not a top 10 media market. No, no you if, aren't. Not anymore. Yeah, if we were a top 10 media market, you could say, yeah, you're a big yeah. market. What there's... I, boy, Dave, I, I think you would be really, really hard-pressed to find another owner that would have taken the aggressive approach that Pete Seidler Especially Seidler's here. Taken. Never here. I would, Steve Cohen yeah. looked at the books for this team and got out and yeah. then waited and bought his beloved Mets. Yeah. I mean, look at it this way. The Padres spent over $200 million in payroll a year ago. When John Ward's bought the team in the 90s, he spent $80 million. Yeah. You know, bought the fucking team. Yeah. Speaking and, of speaking of your Mets, I <laughs> see your Mets. I laugh my ass off every time I see Max Scherzer on TV. I'm like, yeah. dude, you got an old man who you gave $50 million a year yeah. to. Guess who's a little bit older the following year? Like, you got to get this yeah. shit done, too. Yeah. Like, you're holding on to whatever he has left in that arm, and that fucking guy might miss this season. But I, I just, it maybe it's just because he's our guy, but I look at this thing for, for Seidler, and I go... This was such a big year, man. Yeah. Such a big year. And maybe you look at it and you go, I mean, I don't know if they play. Shit, Dave, if he ends up playing uh, 40 games, right? Yo, Myers, 5 million. So 20 million. Yeah. Yo, Hosmer, fuck, whatever. You know, what, yeah. what the hell is that? Yo, I'm yeah, 6 everything's million. Everything's prorated so, down to whatever. Yeah, instead of 24. And so you go, all right, well, shit, we got out of that. Now get the hell out of here dummies you know who also might dodge one is uh the dodgers with bauer yeah that's a big one right there's some there's some things but but i look at it and i think about if you look at really major market teams like the mets and the yankees and the dodgers and the giants cubs right they're probably where they are if you look at the mid-market teams i put the twins as a mid-market yeah, team. I, do. I put the pods in there they're probably the ones that are looking going, fuck, man, we got to get this baby rolling. Like, we're, yeah. we can compete. We can make money. We've got a good fan base. People are excited. And we got these dipshits dragging behind that don't want to do anything. And I heard somebody um, really good last night with L.O. and Tony Gwynn, their baseball guy. Man, he was so good. And he said, you know, the one thing we, we probably all do is say, hey, let's blame the owners. We blame the owners. And he said, it's, it's really not. He said, it boils down to the fact that if you have about six owners, yeah, that's all it takes. So you could have 24 guys ready to make a deal or 23 guys. And if it's seven of them, yeah. seven, and it's Oakland and Pittsburgh and Cleveland yeah. and, and some of these guys, fuck, man, they're, they're going to hold everybody else hostage no matter what Manfred wants to do. That's true. And Manfred has come off as a terrible commissioner oh, already. The worst. I mean, I told you I wasn't a fan once he had Ken Rosenthal fired. But when you look at him and the question asked to him, you know, have we done everything we can? Then why didn't yeah. you meet sooner? I mean, How we about, knew they weren't meeting for three months. And Rosenthal is just teeing him up and Good. kicking the shit out of him. He deserves every it. Yeah, he should. 
It's awful. Terrell, I, I understand it's a tough job because you're speaking as a mouthpiece for the owners, but fuck it, man. This is what you signed up for, and everybody now knows you have thin skin. Yeah, and you're hunched over. <laughs> and you need teeth fixed. Yeah. <laughs> get that taken care of. Dude, how many millions do you make? Go fix that gap, Michael and Strayan. Get that fucking whitening strip on there. <laughs> I just... You know, I, Dave, I hear Tony Clark talking, and yeah. I hear Manfred talking. Do you like Tony some, Clark? No, not at all. San Diego guy, Christian High School. Right? If, hey, man, get a deal done, Tony. I would have liked you a lot. Right now, you're, you're Tony no tongue. Do these players look at it also in a way that, hey, look, we've never lost on this side before, and that for future generations, we have to stand our ground? I, I think that's the biggest bunch of shit I've ever heard. I, I've never... We've had plenty of good relationships with baseball players over the years. I like them all. I'm very hard-pressed to believe any one of them is like, you know what, this deal is right for me, but I'm not sure this is right for the second baseman on the 2027 team. And the fact that media buys into that shit, fuck that. It, it's like anybody. Think about the people at your own job, right? If they're making changes to the 401k or yep. the company holiday schedule, Anybody that you work with next to you in the cube going, well, this is okay for the 2022, but what about the new employees we have starting in 2024? <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. But God damn, we just line up to pat all these guys on the back because we believe everything they say. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> You know, I think it's really important that I protect the game. Fuck you. Hey, I'm sorry. Fuck you. I'm going to stop my recorder. <laughs> All right. And just be like, hey, when you are you done with your shit? Okay. We're not going to have that fucking glass-eyed drunk Nancy Pelosi standing up behind you clapping because you fucking said something, goofball. Just fucking tell it straight. Yeah, I don't like the deal. I feel like I'm getting fucked in. All right. That's cool. Good luck to you. When's the last time we called somebody a goofball? It's <laughs> now. I, I've been, it's been crazy goddamn busy at work. And I just kept getting these goddamn emails last night and messages of people like, why is Pelosi standing up right here? And I don't know. I was just watching this shit laughing. I, it's a very bipartisan show. We We pick on everybody. Yes. And I was like, I don't know, man. Five years ago, we probably would have thrown Nancy one, but <laughs> she, she's looking like she's got a little bit of jelly legs back there. It looks like she might have a little something in that little shot glass right there. The gold schlager. Who would you throw one to first, Vera or Nancy Pelosi? Um, Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, what to? Sorry, Vera. Sorry, Vera. Rest easy. <laughs> Even when she's dead, we can't sit there and say we'd throw one. No. That's what she would have wanted. Yeah, she wanted honesty yeah. from yeah. this show. She loved it. <laughs> Vera or Betty White? Betty White. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even hesitate. Didn't even hesitate. Yep. That's the way it goes. All right. Phil <laughs> How do we go down this road? I know, but I'm Phyllis, ready to go. Phyllis Stiller or Vera? Vera. Me too. There you go, Vera. Got one. One for three gets you in the Hall of Fame. Sure does. Sure does. Look what we did there. Good she game. She ended on a win. Yeah, good game. Good game. 
fuck's going on? Good God. And it was everyone hate Bob Nightingale. Then all of a sudden when Bob gives you some good news, oh, I fucking love Bob Let Nightingale. Let me tell you this. Let me tell every one of you big mouths this. <laughs> Bob would fuck you up. He would fuck you up. Bob's, Bob's a about, big dude. Bob's about 6'2". And he's about 222. Yeah. And he, I think he benches about 642. <laughs> and every one of you little fucks, you little keyboard warriors... Yeah, I get it. Bob's yeah. voice didn't change. Okay, I get it. Yeah, every time Bob lands a punch, it'd be with a high pitch. Ooh. <laughs> you like that? You want another? Couple motherfuckers in there. Fuck. Yeah, I'm telling you. Bob would fuck you up. Right. Bob will fuck you up. Yeah. And, uh, and by the way, not that it matters. Yeah. Maybe the nicest, most accessible guy ever. He is. 100% is. Is Bob married? Because yeah. I don't know how he does so many goddamn interviews. Does his wife just go, what the fuck? How many I, times is he going to go on with coach? Hi, Jeff. <laughs> hey, Bob. Can Dave and I get you tonight? Sure. What time? 6.30 Pacific? Okay. <laughs> Dude, Fucking guy was just nailed. Always. And cool as shit. Yes. So many of these guys... Well, no, I shouldn't say that. The national base... Well, Buster only's a little fucking dipshit. Uh, Scotty Miller's great. Yes. I'm trying to think of other national baseball guys. I don't know that we had a lot. Nightingale was great. Yeah, we had a bunch on through the years. The thing with Nightingale was you better have at least 20 questions ready to go. Because they're going to be quick answers. <laughs> Super quick. He did, there was no Charles Davis. <laughs> and Jeff, There's no Bill Walton. He's the opposite of Bill Walton. Jeff, do you remember in 1977 what did Figueroa throw? That's right. No. You just fucking, hey, Bob, what do you make of the list? Well, we're lockout's still going, and right now there's no sign of it ending. Go. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. It was a race, man. Bob was super fast with those answers. Bob, do you think Tommy Fan will be back? I think the pots will talk to him, and then uh, maybe not. <laughs> like, Fuck. This is my bullet point. <sighs> What's the update on Clevenger? Working out every day. Haven't seen him. <laughs> Fuck. Dave, you got something? <laughs> got 19 minutes ago, this fucking segment. Goddamn guy's like an auctioneer. He was. But I, I will repeat is. what I said. He will fuck you up. <laughs> Shut your little mouth. Poor Jeff Passan. Is Jeff Passan sleeping? How many of those did he get on Twitter the other day? <laughs> Passan. Like, There's nothing going on. That's why you guys don't hear from me, you dicks. Dude, you know, it's so funny when Paston was at Yahoo forever yeah. and just kind of did his thing. It was always good. He is so goddamn funny on social media he is and good. so good since he went to ESPN. Funny as shit, that yeah. guy. Really good. Huh? He is. He is the best going. He's the Woja yeah. baseball. Yeah, absolutely. He, yeah, he's a machine. Oh, my gosh. Hey, want to mention Alan Taylor, Taylor May Pools. Look at the weather we've had. I know rain's coming on Friday, but I'm telling you what, it has been warm. It has been nice. It has been San Diego weather. Tailored made pools makes you think all the time, where should I put that pool? How big of a pool can I get? And what kind of design can I have? Alan Taylor is your guy. Tailored made pools, 619-449-4452. So many things can happen for you once you call Alan Taylor. Again, ask about available financing, 619-449-4452. They mentioned it, uh, going to rain on Friday. Anybody going out to Garth Brooks on Saturday? I looked today, 25% chance of rain. 55 is going to be the high. Is that right? 
but you go, all right, so we got a couple of cold days, but yeah. guess what happens really quickly after that? And, and 58, I mean, is that even cold? Who are we telling? Right? <laughs> People in Buffalo are yeah. like, what? Fuck off. Fuck off. Bob's like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Miller sounds like the gingerbread man. (laughs) Or Pinocchio. Yes. Um, (laughs) What's coming is warm weather. And listen, here's the other thing. When you are making the investment in a tailor-made pool, you're making the investment in your property. I mean, we're seeing property values go like crazy. But man, look at a casual house that all of a sudden becomes a very expensive house with the benefit of having just a nice pool. Yeah. What do you think happens when you put in a tailor-made pool? That's right. goes right through the roof. So, yeah, it's going to be, Dave, another very, very warm summer in San Diego. Why don't you make the most of it with a beautiful tailor-made pool? Hey, Dan Williams is who you want to talk to right now, especially in your financial situation. As we all know, tax day is about six days, six weeks away, I should say. Dan Williams is the person you want to talk to right now about your finances. So many people are up in the air. As I talked about earlier, not only the price of gas and the price of food, and uh, seeing where the rates are right now, Dan's the guy you need to talk to. Let's sit there and rearrange things. Let's get you out of debt, most importantly, if you're one of those people, because you aren't alone. Dan's number is 858-688-6813, 858-688-6813. It's so great, and uh, Dan will help you rebuild your credit. I'm insanely proud of my credit, but I, I have to share this. The ongoing rivalry between Dan and my 14-year-old son is hysterical. It started earlier this year when we were at a Kings game and Jack looked down and noticed that Dan had left early on the Saturday night game. So we immediately just started trash-talking Dan for being a quitter, leaving early. And these two guys, just every time they see each other, it's the absolute best, right? They, I think it's like... Uh, I tease him. I say, you you want to believe that you're Foghorn, Leghorn, and that dog, but you're more like very good friends. And so tomorrow, my son Jack is on the Helix track team. Yeah. And it's his first track meet. Cool. And Dan was so great and said, hey, my son was on the track team for a handful of years, and I'll send you the schedule. It'll show you how every event works. They run all the events in the same schedule. Yeah. And so... uh I send Dan a note. I go, hey, can you send me that thing tomorrow? I go, it's Jack's first meet. He goes, yeah, what's he running? I said, shit, he's in the uh, four by 400. Yeah. And he's in the 100 meter sprint. Okay. And Dan writes back. He goes, that's great. Tell him don't embarrass the name. (laughs) So I write to Jack and I said, hey, Dan said, uh, go get him. Don't embarrass the name. He goes, all right, tell him I won't. Like just that, but. I mean, his... Is he pumped up? Is he excited? No, he's so mellow. He's. I told him, I said, if there was a goddamn town called Zero Fucks Givenville, you could be the mayor. But he's like, I think there's chicks coming out. I think that's what's going on. Really? Yeah, I think that... Yeah. I mean, the guy... guy does not hustle to do anything in his life. And all of a sudden, he's on the track team. You're Is like, it at Helix? Yeah, it's at Helix. Okay. So tomorrow... Are you going? No, he oh, gave fuck. me he gave me like twelve hours notice to let me know he's on the track team. I'm like, <laughs> uh, hey, got a hey, got track meet tomorrow. What? Are you in it? Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm running the four by four hundred. What? Are you Edwin Moses? Yeah, I'm running that. Then I'm Skeets Nehemiah. Yeah. 
running the 100? I go, holy shit. So then I'm like, is your brother going? Like, so I can yeah. FaceTime this thing? I has got to help mom with something. No way. <laughs> the fuck is going on is he, here? Danny Zuko? No one's paying attention? That's what, yes. <laughs> what a great analogy, Dave. What a great analogy. So he talked today and he's, this is the funniest shit. He's like, you know, the four by 400 is not bad because I'm the third leg and the other three guys can really fly. Yeah. So as long as I don't embarrass myself, I should be able to keep us, you know, in it, in it. Yeah. I go, well, that's what they used to say on Battle of the Network stars. <laughs> right. And then they'd hand off to Ed Asner and he'd oh, stagger shit. and then, true. you know, goddamn whoever, Christy McNichol would fly right by him. I'm like, no, just fucking focus. <laughs> and I go, well, how about that hundred? Yeah, we're coming out of the blocks. I haven't had a lot of training. I'm like, okay. Oh, shit. All right, you just fucking calm down here. Did you have to get him special track shoes? Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, great. Tell him not to wear them in the house. Yeah, right? <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, dude. I guess it's kind of cool. Yeah. Sorry that I have an actual job where I can't just leave. Not like Erica's job where you can just fucking roll out, take selfies all day. <laughs> like, I got to fucking show up. So I'm hoping that, uh, uh, yeah, I'm hoping... Like, there's invitationals. Yeah. There's all kinds of shit. And his head coach is Eric Parker, former oh, Chargers. Is that right? Eric's the coach? Yeah. I didn't know that. Eric's right up the street. That's awesome. But uh, but I just, yeah, Dan will help you with the finances. He'll help you get your credit. But I swear to God, his relationship with Jack, and Jack loves him. Because anytime anything goes wrong with the Lions, yeah, he wants me to remind Dan. So, 858-688-6813. As you, uh, as you mentioned, the high school sports, yesterday might have been our biggest win we've ever had. Who'd you beat? Fucking the number one team in San Diego. Beat Granite Hills. Oh. Defending CIF champs. Up 12-4, dude, in the fifth inning. Whoa. And uh, we came back to win that game 16-12. to Oh, my gosh. Dude, insane. It was, uh, dude, I don't, have, I don't have right now one Division One player on my team. Every team we face has like four. You know what I mean? Arizona State, Stanford, whatever. And I'm like, all right. It's Granite's as good as we thought they were. And sure enough, dude, we just boom, boom, boom. Came back. Huge three-run home run in the seventh to tie it. Another four runs in the eighth in extra innings. And we fucking pulled that shit up. You know who's Grand Hill goes? Nick Albert. Oh, there right. you go. Big shock. There you go. And uh, and Creasy used to coach there at Grand Is that Hills. right? Yeah. Oh, that was big, man. That was That's uh, nice. It was, I'll say it second. When we, uh, when we ruined Point Loma's season a couple years ago, oh, it was probably the best. That's very good. <laughs> that's a personal favorite. But Grand Hill's is a that, close second. That was big, dude. That was really fucking big. Uh, that's a good win yeah, for the Bears. Dude, it was, good it job. Was huge. It was one of those where you wake up in the morning and go, I can't believe that shit just happened. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. That was crazy. Hey, Brian Curtis, you want to talk to when it comes to that home right now and you figure out exactly how much you can get for your home? It is amazing. I mean, you sit there and you realize what houses are going for in your neighborhood and you go, I wonder if I sold right now. It is incredible. You and I were talking about it the other day about the amount of offers that go down on these homes. And it's not one or two. It is multiple, multiple offers. You need a guy like Brian Curry to get you the most for your home. What are you waiting for? Brian's your guy. has been doing this more than 25 years. Knows the San Diego market better than anyone else. Is it time to cash out? He will let you know exactly what's happening with the rates as well. Brian Curry is your guy. He's the guy we recommend for real estate in San Diego. 619-251-1588. 
619-251-1588. You know, Dave, we, we talked a little bit about Dan Williams, and he's doing a lot with Brian Curry right now. And one of the reasons why is because the market, if you're trying to buy a home, Jesus Christ, am I playing goal in Nashville? <laughs> Fucking landing like four goals in 31 seconds. Jesus Christ. God damn. Uh, I almost said something really bad. I'm glad I did. Um, but you really need two different things. You need the finances yeah. on your side. You need to make sure because the banks are looking and man, they are just not going to goof around, right? They yeah. are going to just be like, does this guy have the money? Are, are his finances in order? That's where Dan can help you. And then once you have those finances in order, you need somebody on your side that has been around the lap, uh, been around the track a few times who can go in and say, hang on, hang on. You know, the market's going crazy. This property is really about a $500,000 property. They're asking seven twenty-five. It just doesn't make sense for you. Where a lot of people right now are just jumping in and making dangerous purchases. Because yeah. I don't know, maybe the market keeps going like it is. But if it ever does level off, the last thing you want to be is upside down in a house and not have any equity in it. That's why it's so important to have somebody making that decision with you arm in arm that says, look, I'm in it for you. I'm not in it for me. And Brian Curry's that guy. He is absolutely that guy. Kyle Flugers, you want to talk to when it comes to your website. Do you need to rebuild a website, start one brand new, or you just need to fix it because it's not getting the traffic that you want? Let Kyle look at the website you currently have and see what changes he would make to it. Again, very easy to talk to. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. Seattle cracking three goals in two minutes and 39 seconds. Dude, and by the time we started the commercials, Nashville was up 2-1. Yeah. yeah, against Josh Palais, beloved Nashville Predators. Or 2 nothing, and then it's three runs. Yeah. And I think they had one uh, not counted. Jesus Christ. It could be four. Good Lord. Good Lord. Uh, (laughs) Websites matter. And it really, really is important to make sure. I had a situation the other day. Yeah. Trying to buy a couple of things. Verbiage wrong on the website. You pay for it. And then it shows up. It's not what you want. Then trying to get an answer back from the company. It's just so insanely frustrating and you really have to look at it. If you're doing any kind of e-commerce, I, yeah. I think a lot of us thought that maybe as some of the mandates got lightened up, that maybe we'd go back to more in-house shopping and e-commerce may taper off a little bit. Boy, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. And so if your website is something where e-commerce contributes 10%, 25% or 75% of your bottom line, boy, you got to make sure that website's delivering at the speed you need. More importantly, what your your clientele wants and what they need. If it's not, give Flugs a call. All right, here we go. How old are they and how much are they worth? We're going March 2nd. We're going to start off with two people no longer with us. The first one is Desi Arnaz. Desi Arnaz, my brother tells a great story. When we moved here in the early 80s, my brother was at a party in Del Mar. And it was kind of a backyard party, kind of right along 101 there on the beach. And they're in a backyard having a few beers. And my brother said that Desi Arnaz all of a sudden shows up on the patio of the house next door and unprovoked starts yelling down at the party, I am not an old man. (laughs) I said to my brother, who's trying to get under Desi's skin? He goes, nobody. We're just sitting there minding our business. But he said, yeah, he just kept yelling down. I am not an old man. They're like, what? Um, Desi was the man, huh? I think he was at the time. He definitely was the man. 
You ever see those? You ever see that clip? It's on YouTube where it's kind of him introducing the cast and, and interacting with the crowd and no. the taping. It's like behind the scenes shit. No. Dude, it's really good. And they said he, everybody got along, but uh, Fred Mertz hated Vivian Vance. Really? Because she hated that they had her on the show. And she's like, why am I married to this old grandpa? Oh, fuck. And they apparently hated each other. Oh, yeah, that would do it. But, but, <laughs> that would do it. But Desi Arnaz always seemed like a really, he seemed like a cool dude. Desi didn't seemed he? like a, a good dude. When I was a little kid and those shows were rerun, God I used damn, to sit all the there time. And, I used to go, why does he put up with Lucy? That's all like, is in my right. head. Why does he put up with this shit? Did you watch that show, My Three Sons? Yeah, I've seen My Three Sons. Dick right, Van Dyke? Yeah. All those shows were yeah. on WTCN in Minneapolis when you were yeah. a kid. In those snow days, man, there was nothing else to That's do. That's true. I'm going to say Desi would be, let's see, those shows were taped. All right, that's, I got to do some math here. Okay. Hang on. I'm going to say he would have been 111. 104. 104. Dude, he owned everything. He was the guy, Desilu yeah. Studios, right? Absolutely. He died oh. at 69 years old. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. He was God, not an crazy. old man. He wasn't. <laughs> Damn, he was telling the truth. He was. Your brother my, blew him off. Yeah, I'm going to call my brother and say, owe him an apology. I'm going to say, uh, Dave, I'm going to say $12 million. Okay. At the time of his death, he was worth $20 million. Okay. Lucy was worth $40 million. Wow. If Desi was alive today, they'd say he'd be worth $80 million. Damn. Okay. Yeah. How about that? $20 what about Lucy Arnaz? How much? Uh, no, would you throw her one? Oh, the daughter wasn't bad. No, I, I, God dang, that's so funny. Um, Lucy Arnaz or Vera? Lucy, 100%. I'm not, not, I'm, going. I'm not saying redhead Lucy, I'm saying the daughter. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Either Vera, way, either Vera, one. Vera's right back down to 250. Sorry. Yeah, we still can't write 250 betting average. God damn it. Okay. All right, next one up, Karen Carpenter. Uh, Karen Carpenter. Man, I remember where I was the day she died. Died in, I think she died in 81. And my, 83. Was that what it was? Yeah. Eight, oh, that makes sense. 83. My buddy uh, from Minneapolis, his dad owned a condo in that Capri yeah. by the Sea in PB. Tark lived there too. Yeah. And we were down there and they announced she died. Damn, dude. All right. So she died in 83. That's. Dude, would she be like 82? She would be 72 years old. Okay. Fuck, she was young, huh? Yeah, well, she's, yeah, she was born in 1950, so that's 72. Dude, she was only 33, 33. when she... God yeah. damn. Yeah. How about that? How about that? All right, how much is she worth? Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know how many of those songs she wrote. Um, I think her and her brother wrote all that shit, right? Yeah, I'll say, uh, I'll say uh, 10 million. God dang it, you missed it. There's a range here in this one, which is unusual. 15 to $30 million, it says. Really? Yeah. You had a big, big gap right there. <laughs> you had a chance. Sure. All right. Okay. Helix High guy, Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush. Think about this. I'll say 38. 37. And I'll say 30 million. 25 million. Not bad. Close right. on both. Two more. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig, pretty goddamn good as yes. Bond. Let's say he's 64. 54. What? I can't be right. 
Let me look at this shit again. Hold well, on maybe not 64. Hold on. Let me look at this shit. It's going to be like 57. Okay, hold on. You, you might be right on here. God dang it. That doesn't seem seem right. Daniel Craig can't be 54, right? No, but he's probably it. 64. He can't be either. Okay. He's got to be like 50. He's one of the two. I guarantee it. Is that He's right? 54 years old, dude. No shit. Born in 1968. Damn, he looks older. He does. Yep. Um, fuck, dude. $60 million? $160 million. No shit. Yep. He's great in those movies. All right, last one on here. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Uh, I'll say 59. 60. 60. Fucking $120 million. A lot more than that. Three hundred, four hundred and ten million dollars. No shit, yep. dude. He does a ton of give back. He and his wife in that community. Yeah. It's really cool what they do. Absolutely, I like, that. I like that dude. All right, here we go. Five random questions. We'll get on out of here. All right. What is your earliest memory? Uh, earliest they, memory. They say age three is usually when you can start remembering things. Yeah, I'm gonna think about that. Earliest memory. God, funny. Um, trying to think. I remember, like, my mom, my uncles took me out. I think my uncle's taken me to see Tony Dungy play quarterback for the Gophers. Really? Tony Dungy was always my favorite player. Yeah. And I remember we had him on. Incredibly nice man. Yeah. And I told him that. And he's like, what year are you talking? And I told him. He's like, yeah, that could have been. Dude, Tony was the... He was just the coolest. Yeah, I think I think going to watch, I can't remember who. Yeah. Because all, all I wanted to do was cheer for him. No, I'll tell you what might have even been earlier than that. This is really funny. Sports related. The Vikings used to come into Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport. Okay. And I think probably right around that same time or maybe even earlier, the Vikings came home from somewhere and my mom took me down there, and we could get autographs. And I remember getting an autograph from Norm Sneed. Really? And he was great. Oh, he, that's cool. Yeah, people say, like, tell stories. Uh, what do you we, have him sign it on? Uh, I don't remember. Like a piece of paper or something my mom brought. But Norm Sneed was great. I remember we met a couple of Vikings. John Gilliam, the old wide yeah. receiver. Nicest dude, man. Those yeah. guys, because I've heard stories of people that have told stories about meeting athletes that have been real jerks yeah. and it stays with them. But um, Norm Sneed was awesome and John Gilliam. So either getting an autograph from Norm or watching Tony Dungy play as a kid. What about for you? You know, it's funny. The one that jumps into my mind was two things. My mom, it's funny, we had Karen Carpenter as a birthday. My mom always had Carpenters on. You know, really? On a goddamn tape going or eight track, whatever the fuck she had. Yeah. Neil Diamond and the Carpenters, always on. All the time. And uh, sitting in that goddamn car seat, you always talk about annoying questions you ask your parents. I always was so consumed. What was the tallest building? And I would just yeah. ask her to give me a history on the Dude, Empire Jack State Dotson. Building. You and Jack would oh, yeah. hang out. That was his whole thing. Yeah. What is the tallest building? And then she had to explain it, the World Trade Center and blew my mind. You know? Yeah. Like, what the fuck just happened? Jack what? would always want to know, like, tallest building in Beijing. <laughs> The fuck do I, know? I don't know. Just make it up. Yeah. Yeah. No. So she, I always asked her questions about what was the biggest city and and obviously the tallest building. But I remember it was the Empire State Building when I was little, and then the World Trade Center went up. I think. Yeah. World Trade Center went up in the seventies, right? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. So when she explained that to me, I was like, "What? What just happened?" But I remember uh, my sister is four years older than me. My mom used to run carpool. 
And so she picked up a group of kids. I'm in a goddamn car seat. And there was this kid, uh, Maurice. And he would sit right next to me in that car seat. Yeah. And Maurice had the giant 70s afro. Yeah. And I'd just sit there and pat his hair nonstop the whole car. Right? He yeah. never said anything like, get your hand off my fucking hair, asshole. He just let me sit there and pat, pat, I his, bet he hated you. pat his hair. I told you what happened when I went to move to Tennessee. I moved to Tennessee. I was six years old. And um, Ronnie and Lonnie Nance, brothers, one was in first grade with me. And okay. one was in fourth grade. Had these giant fucking afros, like 1977. Okay. And I went over and I did the hair pat. Oh, and punched me in the face so fucking hard. I never touched another person's hair in my life after that. God, where are those yeah. guys today? Like a 10 year old punched a six year old in the face. Well, you crossed the line, bud. Okay. <laughs> how we learned. How we learned. I didn't know. I was like, Maurice was cool. All right. What happened well, to you guys? Don't come here looking for sympathy. Yeah. You goddamn groper. <laughs> what the hell am I doing touching someone's hair? Yeah. If Maurice would have told me, don't fucking do that. I would have never gotten punched in the face. Goddamn weirdo. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That was a bad deal. Yeah. All right, here we go. Okay. Have you ever been punched by a girl? Punched by a girl? Um, you mean like really punched, yeah, not like, like your wife goofing no. around? No, my wife didn't goof around. My wife has hit me twi- <laughs> twice when she gets so frustrated with me. Yeah. She'll just go up and punch me in the shoulder. Yeah. And I just look at her like, all right, you get done? Get out of here. Are you done? Yeah, get out of here. Are you done? No. I'm happy to say... I'm like, fuck you works. You know you don't have to punch me. Yeah. No. Um, my ex knew like 20 different yeah. uh, pressure points yeah. that were so goddamn funny. Like, she'd get you and you'd be like, ah, like stop. But never like, just yeah. like goofing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife's never trying to hurt me. Yeah. No, I'm very happy to say, A, I've never been punched by a woman. And obviously it goes without saying I've never hit a woman. I've so. got, I've gotten, I gotten, I got beat up by a girl once. And I like this. I think I was honestly, man, like six, seven years old. Like, again, I wasn't that old, but I was walking. I remember this is in Los Angeles. I'm walking with my buddy, Matt. Okay. And there are four people on bikes and they go right by us. And I guess what they said was, as they said, say, what's up? <laughs> and I t- thought they said something bad. And I yell, fuck you. <laughs> right back. How old are you? Dude, it's two weeks ago. No, I was, uh, I might have been somewhere between, I might have been closer to 10. Okay. Because I, I can tell you, I could take you right to the house where that got the shit kicked out of me, dude. Right on the sidewalk. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was two guys, two girls, and my buddy that, Matt and me. Okay. And one of those girls jumped off her bike so fast. And she was older. They, yeah. the, these kids looked like they were middle school or high school. Yeah. And I was really worried about the two guys because they were big dudes. Yeah. They didn't They didn't they have her. to do anything. They didn't do shit. They had Amanda Nunez with them. And that girl, I remember, pushed me into the into a gate, like into someone's backyard, and then punched me in the face over and over again. And I remember looking at my friend Matt like, where were you? And he's like, what did you say fuck you for? Yeah. I go, didn't they say fuck you first? No, they said say what's up. And I go, I swear she said fuck you. And I go, nope. Did, and you, did it leave a welt? Dude, it was a beat. It was a beat down. It was Put your goddamn <laughs> hand up, kid. Dude, it was the first time I think I've ever been hit outside of well, the second time, I guess. I didn't know what to do. First of all, I was always told you never touch a girl. I didn't think she yeah. could do that kind of damage. She could. Yeah. <laughs> she could. <laughs> she pounded me, man, right Damn into it. that fence. And I remember there's a dog barking on the other side. Like, what the fuck's going on over there? <laughs> Fucking grab yeah. that knee, man. Double double leg takedown. Get out of that thing. Oh, my God. Fuck. All right. You're just like, goddamn, uh, uh, Mud's favorite guy, 
It was Keith Magnuson from the Blackhawks, the yeah. chief. I tell Mutt all the time. I'm like, God damn, dude. Stu Grimson played for that team. Bob Probert played for that team. Do you have anybody that didn't lead with their face? It was your favorite guy. You're like that. You're like Keith Magnuson. You're the chief. <laughs> Next question. Have you ever seen a Harry Potter movie or Lord of the Rings? Very funny. We just had this conversation the other day at lunch. We had a team lunch the other day. Took all of my guys to celebrate Nick Kennecke's birthday. And we were talking about that. I have never seen a minute of either one of them. But I was saying, um, when we were dating, my wife loved those books. But yeah. she was either going to law school or she had an early morning. And we were doing like afternoons. I think we were doing afternoons. And uh, and they would, the Harry Potter books, they would have like a release, like yeah. a midnight release. And I can remember either it was Target or Walmart. And she was asleep. But I would go. I did this like two years in a row. I would go get in line. And it was everybody, Dave, dressed as the characters. Oh, no, they were so insanely nice. And then they would ask me like, hey, you know, what are you excited about? And I said, I'm here for my girlfriend because yeah. my girlfriend yeah. loves them and she's got to get up early. And they were they were great. So, no, I've, I've never seen it. My one friend, Robin, has probably seen those Harry Potter movies yeah. I bet if I asked her, I bet she's seen every movie 15 times. Really? Yeah. Now, I don't know on Lord of the Rings, but my kids love the movies. They used to, I was just saying this to the guys on my team. Yeah. When they were seven or eight, my whole back seat or my trunk was full of the wands and the robes wow. and all the different shit. And not, you never watched. You never sat there and watched it with them. No. Not, not a minute. <laughs> but um that's funny my mom i think watches those but i've seen a bunch of the marvel yeah. movies like you were saying yeah. you haven't seen those the marvel movies are fucking great yeah have you seen the harry potter movies no i haven't seen anything i haven't seen any of it yeah i tell you, you know what movie i'm watching right now because i've never seen it and everybody always talks about it i know it's gonna I'm gonna take some heat for this not a fan right now and i'm halfway through is the movie friday Dude, my uh, my good buddy Ronaldo Ray's in that movie. One of my dad's best friends. Right? He's the dad. Oh, okay. So when the dude gets starched, yeah, in the front yard, that's Ronaldo oh. <laughs> who comes running out of the car and then runs back. Ronaldo Ray is honestly maybe the funniest dude yeah. I've ever met in my life. He did at my dad's fiftieth birthday. We had it. My dad's always dated, yeah, girls that don't look like my mom, right? He's like me. And so we're at this club. This club had been owned by Billy D. Williams. And it's on Melrose in Hollywood. My dad's 50th. So it's me, my brother, and like 30 of my dad's closest friends. And Ronaldo got up, Dave, and did 10 minutes. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. I thought I was going to pass out. Yeah. So I love that. I mean, I love Ice Cube. Chris Tucker's so goddamn. Yeah, no, I like everybody in the movie. I'm just not a fan of the movie so far. Really? Like, I feel like it's overrated. I've heard so much about Friday. Uh, it can be one of those deals yeah. where you get your expectations up. But when that, goddamn, and Tiny Lister? Yeah. Right? Oh, fuck. Yeah, that movie, I, I do like that movie. All right, two more for you real quick. Okay. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? Yes, absolutely. Really? Uh, book is called Kindness of Strangers, Mike McIntyre. Okay. And it's a story about a guy who was going through a midlife crisis. And he started in San Francisco 
and he hitchhiked to Cape Fear, North Carolina, just because he'd seen the movie and he thought it sounded kind of like a cool place. And he did not take $1 with him. And it's the story of the people that he meets on this trip as he hitchhikes from San Francisco to Cape Fear, North Carolina. Kindness of Strangers, Mike McIntyre, one of the greatest books I've ever read. Oh, that's Because it just tells you he meets all these different people yeah. along the way and all these people that share their stories and ultimately buy him meals and take him in and do different things for him. And he just does an amazing... Yeah, fuck, I read that book probably 30 years ago. And I, I still first... Yeah, without a doubt. And go. of course, uh, just because he listens, any book written by Mac. Of course, that's changed your life. Numerous <laughs> yeah. times. Well, Mike McIntyre didn't acknowledge me in the in the cover. Coyle did for Lost Tomorrows. I think that's the one I'm in. <laughs> All right, here we what go. What about you? I've never read a book that changed my life. I know a lot of people that read the Kobe Bryant book that either if they're athletes or they're businessmen that say it's helped them stay focused, you know, as far as a work ethic goes. Yeah, the uh, mamba mentality. Yeah, the mamba mentality. Like, I know a ton of people that, uh, that have read it and changed their life. I guarantee you, Sean Waltreff will tell you that's the book that's changed his life as well. Um, I, I did finish Lee Sand's book, though. The new one? The new one. It's a super easy read. Like, I had to go get my car service the other day. I read it in three hours. The whole book. Yeah, you good? Know, it's a... Dude, it's different than the other one for sure. I mean, it's more like you're reading Lisa Ann's diary. It's uh, there's some sad shit in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you're a fan, we're a fan of hers, obviously as a friend. It's really weird reading a book about a, a friend that is letting you into things that have gone bad, including a lot of family stuff and being bullied and all that stuff. You feel yeah. really bad. Like this, the beginning of the book, you feel you're you're you get angry for her. Yeah, and then you get extremely sad for her as as you're reading on it. And she talks about jumping from the first book to this book and uh there's a i don't want to ruin things but there's a lot of shit in there that's like some dark secret family stuff uh it's the next book i have i'm currently because the last day i was in denver yeah i went out to columbine because yeah. just i think we talked about it. and a guy named dave cullen wrote a book called columbine i'm currently reading it and he was there covering the story the day of and it's just you know man i got kids in high school and and we i talk to them all the time about you know, just kind of gauge in the room, right? Like yeah. what's going on, the whole thing. And and this book, it's just because that story impacted us so much on the air because yeah, I remember we were on the air that day. And so I'm reading that, but it, it was wild. I was going through, because I'm sure we all have, like a little area by the bed where you've got a bunch of books stacked up. And there's so many different books there that I have. A book I want to read, and I really want to get them on the, on the podcast a dude named Brant Myers. Brant Myers played in the NHL, played for the Ducks, played for the Sharks, and he was an enforcer. And a lot of these guys, Stu Grimson, written books. Dave, I'm telling you, some of the best sports biographies are the books written by the NHL enforcers yeah, because they tell you in such clear terms the, the absolute fear that they had in that job, that they would think about it for two to three days as they waited to go into any particular city knowing that Marty McSorley was there waiting for him or knowing that Bob Probert was there waiting for him, right? And we, yeah. we as fans, it's a little weird because as fans, you're like, oh, man, Brant Myers is coming. Well, you don't realize Brant Myers hasn't slept for two days because he's terrified of getting the shit beat out of him tonight. And he wrote a book talking about his battle with drugs and alcohol, and it's just supposed to be outstanding. But as I was kind of going through saying, okay, I'm going to finish up uh, Columbine, Bob Odenkirk's new book just came out yeah. today. It's supposed to be great. 
But then I saw, I got Lisa's book, and I said, fuck, I got to get her on the show, and yeah. I just over to her. Yeah, catch up. Yeah, hey, you fucking, you read I'm one just book? saying. Yeah, you just say. You were looking for pictures, you fucking weirdo. There are pictures in there. Are there? Yeah. She's got a new, we got to get her on. She said yeah. she's doing a new uh, thing for her 50th birthday. Cool. And she's doing a midnight walk. We should get, we should reach out to her, because yeah. uh, she's got a midnight walk coming up for suicide prevention. We're yep. a couple of weeks out from the anniversary of Erica's passing. Yeah, drop her, text her, drop her a note. We'll see if we can get. Well, her. I want to get her on after you read the book, so we can. You can okay, ask a little so bit about when the book. I when but I when get home, done, when we, I get home from Toronto, literally, how oh, fuck you could read it before you even get to halfway to Toronto. Like it's I got to fly. Yeah, I got to fly from. Uh, so a week from Friday, I fly from here to yeah. Charlotte, and yeah. then I think I got a couple hours there. By the time you get to Charlotte, you'll be done. Like it's it's super easy to read. What if I'm just on the plane reading that book, dude? I got called out at the dealership. The guy's like, "What are you reading over there?" Don't worry about it. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. What are you writing a blog? <laughs> so here you come, goofball. What are you writing a blog, goofball? Fuck off. A fucking. I think I just waterboarded myself. <laughs> All right, last question. Let's okay. get out of here. Who has the worst uniforms in sports? Oh. Oh, I like that. Oh, fuck, Dave. I got to think about that. Okay. Do you, have a, do you have an idea? Yeah, for me, I hate to say it. It's one of your teams. I, honest to God, dude, I, I think the Wild have the worst uniforms. I can't stand their color combination. I, I don't like their... I love the home jer- or the white jersey. Yeah. The white jersey looks really good. I, the green it's a weird one, mix to me. The green one doesn't do much for me, but what, I love what they did there is they incorporated the North Star. They yeah. did a bunch of different things, but when you see... We saw them play this year, and so there were a bunch of people that had that. Yeah, um, wearing it in person, it looks really good. Uh, I don't know that yellow Preds jersey is a little rough. The home one, the one they wear at home. Yeah, yeah. But I gotta think there's gotta be. Um, listen, if I'm gonna rip a Minnesota team, the Minnesota Twins have had so many good jerseys. If you look at the old school, what Harmon uh, wore, Tony Oliva, Billy Martin. Yeah. In the 60s. And then even if you look at the ones that Kirby Puckett, all the way through Joe Maurer wore, but the two championship teams, what they wore, the home jerseys, I hate the new home jersey with that gold trim around it. I don't like it it either. I don't like that. I don't like anything about it. It really bugs me. I do like, um, see, I'm lucky. I don't like the King's crest. Oh, you don't? The King's blew it. By they had the coolest yeah, uniforms I, yeah, in like, the NHL. They with, did with I, the but, silver and black with the crown. Yeah, I'm fine with the I'm fine with the Kings uniforms. I don't know. I like the Kings. Maybe just because I like the Kings. Well, I, I like the I, black and silver. Yeah, but I and you're seeing it more. But they're starting to wear. They've got that one throwback yeah. uniform that has the throwback to that. And mm-hmm. I don't know why they got away from it, but that kind of that thing that looks like the home plate with LA. Yeah, on it and that just doesn't do anything for me. Don't like it. I got you. Yeah, it's uh, uh, just curious. I, as far as football goes, I can't stand the Browns uniforms. I'm not a Cleveland Browns fan as far as their uniforms go. Most uh, people say the Bengals or something, but I think the Browns are the ugliest uniform. Packers. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. We're back Sunday night? Yeah, we'll see you back here okay. Sunday.
Backstreet door 